The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, today we're going to be talking about one of the most difficult of all topics when it comes to spirituality. We're going to be talking about the difference between magical thinking and spiritual thinking. So many of us are caught up in magical thinking without even knowing it. We're bargaining all the time with, if I do this, then this will change. We magically think that we'll be able to make that abusive husband stop abusing us by being a good wife. Or we magically think that overprotecting our children will help them arrive at adulthood knowing how to manage their lives. We're magically thinking that the hounds of the financial doors will just go away if we keep running our vision boards. Collectively, we magically thought when we agreed to lower the standards for mortgages and remove the financial rules for Wall Street financiers, that that was going to somehow make things better for everyone. And it actually made things worse for everyone. And quite often, we magical thinking is a very poor substitute for spiritual thinking. But how do we know? Aren't we taught to believe that anything is possible, that we can move mountains if we just have the faith of a mustard seed? Or maybe if we use vision boards or affirmations? We're going to learn about magical thinking, what it is and what it isn't. And we're going to learn about spiritual thinking, what it is and what it isn't today on the show. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking in depth about these two very, very important distinctive differences in our psychological and spiritual essence and well-being. Uh, But before we go there, I want to make a couple of announcements. Next week, I'm real excited, we're going to get to interview Tom Shadiak, who is the uh, writer, director, producer of Hollywood fame, uh, directing Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, um, Liar Liar, The Nutty Professor, uh, Bruce Almighty, and um, now he has recently uh, completed a project of documentary called I Am which is an exploration of what's wrong with our world and what we can do about it. So you're going to want to really be here for that next week. It's going to be a very, very interesting show. He's taken his own spiritual sort of journey to Mecca, uh, metaphorically speaking, and, and he's got a lot of answers about not only what's wrong with this world and what we can do about it, but what's right with this world. So you don't want to miss that. Next week, 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. But this time, today, we're talking about um, the difference between magical thinking and spiritual thinking. Okay, so let's, let's get some definitions going here first. What is magical thinking? Magical thinking is a bargain. It is a form of trying to control the universe because we want what we want when we want it. And 
We don't like to think about that, especially when it comes to the law of attraction, but it's true. Um, unfortunately, we uh, the the law of attraction, as we currently understanding stand it, has not been working as well as we hoped it would when we originally came to understand that law. Um, and over the past twenty years, as we've been more or less experimenting with it, we've we've come to understand that we had to make some changes in our our thoughts about what it actually was. One of those thoughts was, well, if positive thinking doesn't work to get me what I want, maybe positive emoting will get me what I want. So maybe I need to stay on top of my emotions and make sure I never have any negative emotions, which is a tall, tall order. Um, and when that didn't really work, we started thinking, well, maybe we need to go down into the shadow and rip out that saboteur that's keeping us from getting our desires and our dreams and, and you know, throw him on the floor and stomp on him. And maybe then we can have our dreams and desires. And you know, we've what we've done is assume that what we're supposed to do is be able to go inside of ourselves and make the external cooperate with us. Um, but and 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 I would say that the law of attraction, as we first understood it, was a very good start. It it helped us with two things. It helped us to uh, understand that we need to go internal to to find some answers before we can really understand the external. That's very true. It also helped us to take responsibility for our own lives and our well-being. And that's something that we hadn't been prior to that doing. It was up to the gods or God to sort of make our lives go according to God's will or the God's will. And uh, so we assumed that we were more or less victims of whatever was going on. And uh, in that way, the law of attraction, as we first understood it, was a great thing. But it's not enough because the soul has not been willing to do what that understanding of the law of attraction wants us to understand or what it wants us to do. Because what it wants us to do is work very hard at repressing negative emotions and negative thoughts so that we can keep our mind focused on the positive and maybe then we'll be able to have our dreams. It has us working really hard on vision boards and, and affirmations to change our minds so that our minds will finally receive what is ours to receive. And in that process, we're repressing an awful lot of stuff. And then once we've repressed it, we want to go down into the shadow and find it and pull it out. And then what we do, do we, well, we haven't really concluded that yet. What we're supposed to do is actually love that and merge with it. But we haven't been taught that. So here's the thing. The law of attraction, like many, many, many other things that we've done on planet Earth, is, uh, is a way of trying to accept the fact that we live on a planet where suffering can occur. And how do we wrap our heads around that? Why is it that if God is good and loving and if the, or the divine is good and loving or karma works if we do good things, why is it that people still suffer? Um, and the law of attraction was yet another way of us trying to understand that. And this is explained more thoroughly in uh, my latest book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, which you can get in any of your bookstores, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, any of those. Um, or you can go directly to the publisher at O Books um, and, and uh, purchase the book there. What we're going to be talking about today, though, is all about this process of acceptance and, and, and learning how to think in a spiritual way as opposed to a magical way. Acceptance is not a term we hear much when it comes to the law of attraction because usually when we hear the term acceptance, we think it means that we're settling. We're just accepting the mundane realities of our lives. 
But acceptance is a definitely a part of the process of letting go um, that is essential to our being able to think in a spiritual way. So, okay, magical thinking looks like a bargain. Magical thinking says, if this, then that. If I give you this two seventy nine or two ninety nine or whatever it costs where you live, then you will give me that loaf of bread. And um, so, so we make a bargain, and we make these bargains legitimately, legitimately out in the open with the grocer. We say, I'm going to give you this money, and you're going to give me that loaf of bread, and that's a legitimate conscious bargain, no problem. But when bargains become unconscious, they become a problem, and they are made up. They, bargains are magical thinking. Magical thinking. Here's your definition. Magical thinking is a form of trying to control the universe. Okay. We want something, and we want the universe to give it to us. And even if we don't have it, we can sort of think magically, and maybe the world has already given it to us in some form that we don't know about. So in the case that I mentioned earlier about the battered wife, uh, very often I see this uh, in my practice as well as in, in uh, I hear about it as, from audience members as well as readers. Uh, and what I what we know in the mental health field is that there is a pattern not only to what the batterer does, but also j- typically to what the battered does. And one of those patterns that the battered does is very often she she or he. Uh, in most cases, it's a she, but it can be a he as well. Uh, what the battered does is attempt to be very very good, to not rock the boat, to walk on eggshells, to make sure that. They don't do anything that makes the batterer mad because if the batterer is mad, they're likely to get abused or the children will get abused. So the magical thought is if I can uh, walk on eggshells, then he won't be mad. And we get results sometimes with that. We think we are, are controlling the other person. We begin to connect the dots between, oh, he's not being mad tonight. I, I, I was very good tonight. I pleased him, therefore, I caused him to not be mad. We've connected those dots, and they don't really connect. Um, Actually, he chose to not be mad tonight, and it may or may not have had anything to do with what you did, but regardless of whether it had anything to do with what the the abused person does, it, it has everything to do with his choice. The, the batterer is 100% responsible for his choices, as is the battered. Um, so that's one of the sort of games we play. Well, if I do this, then he'll stop doing that. And when we get the seeming desired result, we tend to connect those dots. That's magical thinking. When a child does magical thinking, it's kind of like, Mommy, Mommy, there's a monster under the bed. Please come get it out. And Mommy comes in there with a broom and shoes the monster out of the house. And the child goes, oh, okay, there's no more monster. But actually, the size of the monster in the child's mind is exactly replicating the size of his or her own anxieties. So they make up monsters to help them deal with their anxieties. The, the, those anxieties are not gone away. But the child feels better temporarily because the the imaginary uh, monster has gone away. And, of course, the monster was never there in the first place. So that's magical thinking. We, we know that. We recognize that in a child's life. But we very rarely recognize it in our own adult thinking. But it is very commonly there. And, and so 
we can do these bargains in many, many ways. Parents can bargain with things like overprotection. Um, they can use uh, the overprotection bargain is it means that there's a secondary gain. The secondary gain is this: if I will only protect you, then you'll need me and you'll stay around, and that way I'll always have you in my life. So there's a secondary gain to every form of bargain, and that is what we're looking for when we magically think. So we're going to be talking about more about these bargains and this magical thinking in just a few minutes, and then we're going to talk about what's the difference between that and spiritual thinking. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms, founded by Apollo... 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell. IONS is a nonprofit research education and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking about the distinctions between um, magical thinking and spiritual thinking. And we left off in the uh, just the last segment talking about the bargain that one example of a bargain or a magical thought is that if I overprotect my child, then he'll need me and he won't ever leave me. So you see the secondary gain plays into it. The secondary gain is not a primary gain. Primary gain is I go to work, they pay me. Primary gain is I give you this two ninety nine, you give me that loaf of bread. 
Uh, but a secondary gain is a secret gain. It's something we want to keep, but we don't really want to let ourselves know that we're doing it. So we rationalize and we tell ourselves we're doing one thing when, in fact, we're doing something else entirely. The bully bargain is another bargain that parents make. I can be bigger and badder than you, and then you will never be bigger and badder than me, and I'll be safe. So that's the bargain that parents I even make with their children. The respect bargain says, if I can get my children to respect me in certain definable ways, which I spend many time talking to parents about, then I don't have to learn how to respect myself. In other words, you have to respect me even when I do unrespectable things. And that's a bargain parents very often make with their children that's magical thinking. You can't make somebody respect you. They Respect is earned. So they're either going to respect you because you've done respectable things or they're not. They're going to respect you because that's in them to do or they're not. Um, the rigid discipline bargain is another one parents make. If I can make my children walk the line, then I feel that I have control over whether or not they turn out as I think they should, which, of course, will make me into a good parent. Um, the laissez-faire bargain is another. If I let them do whatever they want, then they'll think I'm a really cool parent and they'll always love me. The manipulation bargain, if I can manipulate them, that I'll manage them without their knowing that I need to manage them. These are all bargains. This is all magical thinking. So you see how constant our magical thinking is in our daily routines. It's a, it's a, it's a part of how we think we're going to make things okay because we're controlling the external world. That's what magical thinking is all about, an effort to control the external world. Um, life bargains in general. We can make bargains with life that says, I will suffer less, for example, if I'm a good guy. If I can always try to be very good, then I'm not a bad person, and therefore I won't suffer. I won't get as much punishment. Um, but very often we find that under the good guy identity is somebody who, who feels like uh, they're a pretty bad person, and they're trying hard to be good because... They need to overcome or compensate for that feeling of being bad. The invisible man bargain. If, I, if no one has ever really noticed me, then I may assume that noticing me is wrong or even dangerous. Therefore, if I stay invisible, then I don't ever have to be afraid of myself. That's the secondary gain. You see, there's, there's the primary gain of, oh, you're not going to notice me right now. I'm comfortable with that. And then there's the secondary gain that says, now I don't have to be afraid even of myself. Um, the scapegoat bargain, if I can manage my life by guilt, in other words, when I feel guilty, I, I obey that guilt, and, I, and so I take responsibility for others and sacrifice my own authenticity for them, then they'll need me, and they'll stay around, and I'll feel that my life's mission is very noble. Again, secondary gain, primary gain. You see, these are some of the primary life bargains. Sometimes even uh, um, we can make, make bargains with our careers. The moneymaker bargain is one. If I can have money, then I don't have to worry about whether or not I, I like or am a good per match for this job. Or just give me the money and I'll get everything I need from that. Uh, again, secondary gain is, is that I'm somehow making myself into a better person. And I don't have to really think about what I want out of life. I don't have to take responsibility for my life because I'm making money. Uh, the proving myself bargain. If I can be tough and strong and suck it up. Then I'll have shown all those people who thought I didn't have it, and I won't have to take responsibility for my own happiness. The provider bargain. I hear about this one a lot. If I'm a good provider for my family, then I'm a good person. Nothing else matters. Uh, this is as good as it gets bargain. If this is as good as it gets, then I don't have to take responsibility for my own goals. Uh, you see, some of these are just like all about career. 
uh, relationship gar- bargains, a come here, go away bargain. If I can get you to stay and be my yo-yo, then I can have a relationship without having to take the risk to be intimate. So come here, come here. I want you to come here, but as soon as you get close, I'm going to push you away. And that's the come here, go away bargain. The commitment phobia bargain. If I can avoid commitment, then I don't have to be intimate with anyone, which means I don't have to take the risk that they'll reject me when they get to know me. Uh, uh, the cheater bargain. If I can keep one foot in one relationship and one foot in another, then I can experiment with one without losing the other. And I don't have to be intimate with either. You see, again, relationship bargains, it's a form of magical thinking. I'm creating uh, something for myself out of a game that I'm playing, and I think that I'm making magic. I think that if I'm like for using the cheater bargain, I think I can keep you from finding out, and I don't anticipate that you'll ever know what I'm up to. I'm, I'm throwing up smoke and mirrors so that you won't see. One of the biggest and most important bargains we make is a mood bargain. Uh, one of those is the Pollyanna bargain. It says, if I don't look, then I won't see. If I don't see, I won't feel any pain. Again, it's not really true. I feel the pain. I just push it away. I repress it. So it's magical thinking. It's a pretense. The emotional fatigue bargain. If I take on the emotions and problems of others, then I won't have to take responsibility for my own. I'm just too tired for that. And besides, I don't have time for me. There's just so much of you. Um, Here's another one, and it's a real important one. We can even bargain with depression. If I repress my emotional responses to life's challenges, then I won't have to feel them. This may take enormous emotional energy so that eventually I must make another bargain. If I can give up my sense of self-worth, my interests, and my happiness, then I won't have to take the risk to ask life for anything. And then I'll have outwitted further disappointment. That's a pretty scary bargain, isn't it? But... Many people are making it. Now, I'm not, again, I want to say clinical depression is biological. There is a biological component to that. But people like Bruce Lipton say that we can change our DNA. Um, so, you know, maybe it, uh, we can o- offer something new to that biology as well. Here's the thing um, magical thinking says that I can make life be what I want it to be by pretending, by playing games with it. By not really addressing life on life's terms. Addressing life on life's terms is all about acceptance. And you know the prayer of serenity. Many people have heard that prayer. God grant me the serenity to uh, accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's, that's what acceptance is really all about. Recognizing what is, what I really can do something about and what I can't do something about. You know, uh, there's a lot of people in the New Age, New Thought movement who are talking today about how the world and all of its issues is illusion. Um, I I, I think that's magical thinking. The world is and all of its issues are not illusion. Perhaps it isn't what we perceive it to be, but it's not illusion. We're here. We're really here in form, and we are having a, a spiritual experience in form. Um, what we do with that is up to us and what we, how, how much responsibility we take for it, whether we consciously choose or unconsciously choose, we're still responsible for what we do with that. But with the, with the idea that, you know, suffering is an illusion and the world is really an illusion, what we do is 
basically stick our head in the sand. I mean, there are people out there telling New Age, New Thought people, don't listen to the radio because you'll hear bad news. It'll put you in a bad mood. You'll have negative emotions, and therefore you won't be able to attract the positive things you're looking for in your life. Now, that's a major magic th- magical thinking. You, you need to repress your emotions so that you can attract positive things. That's magical thinking. And that is how far this has gone with the law of attraction, which is one of the reasons I wrote this book. I wrote this book out of frustration because I hear these stories all the time of how we're trying to trick ourselves into having things. Now, here I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to come back to it again later. The difference between magical thinking and spiritual thinking is that magical thinking is trying to control the universe in some kind of way. Or it assumes that we have control or have controlled the universe in some kind of a way. So the little child who says, yesterday I thought I hated my daddy because I got mad at him and I said I wished he was dead. And the next day daddy has an auto accident and he gets killed. And I connect the dots between what happened to daddy and my thoughts about him dying. That's magical thinking. Um, But spiritual thinking is all about connection in the moment in acceptance, as things are right now. It's all about connecting. It's all about connecting with the divine and really not connecting with the divine as if we're separate from the divine, but connecting with the divine that is already we're already connected to. We just need to be aware of that connection. So that's spiritual thinking. Spiritual thinking leads us to more awareness, to more consciousness. It does not lead us uh, to... Uh, to think that we have control over the external universe by thinking positive thoughts or repressing negative thoughts or negative emotions. The, uh, the spiritual thinking has us exploring our internal world f- to accept without judgment what's in there. I'm sad to say that so many people who are uh, supporting the current understanding of the law of attraction are basically saying that if you go in there in, inside yourself and you find something negative, you need to get rid of that. Um, and that is that robs us of the treasures that we can find in what we call negative thought. Uh, in fact, very often what we have labeled negative is just something that, that doesn't ring uh, clear and clean to what we want. In other words, if I want a million dollars and I have a, ne- a thought that says um, that I might not get that million dollars, well, that's a negative thought. Or if I have emotion that feels like it's not, you know, really going to happen, well, that's a negative emotion, and I need to send those away. I need to get rid of them. I need to only believe that I'm going to have that million dollars. Um, and what we're trying to do is is control our minds and control our hearts instead of accepting the mind and accepting the heart. And that's where we're going to start off in the next segment. So stay tuned for more right after the break. for a transforming world. 7th Wave Network. 
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the distinction between magical thinking and spiritual thinking. As we've said, magical thinking is uh, an attempt to control the universe or control our worlds by, uh, by assuming that we can, A, or that we have, B. Um, and spiritual thinking is consciousness raising. Spiritual thinking is going within to sit with what is in there and see what is in there without judging it. That judgment is one of our most critical issues when it comes to magical thinking and the distinction between it and spiritual thinking. Um, we, we judge things to be negative or positive based upon what we want. So if somebody puts um, food in front of me that I don't want <laughs> and I don't want to eat it, I might say, ooh, that's bad. That's bad food. Well, of course it's not bad food. I just don't want it. Um, in the same way, when something tragic happens in our lives we say well this was bad this is a this is just a bad thing it's a bad time you know uh it's also a hard time you know it's a difficult time but all of that makes it a bad thing that's happened and and up until not so very long ago maybe within even the past 200 years we have thought that when bad things came our way Somehow the gods or God was punishing us and we must have deserved it. In my early practice, which uh, I've been in some form of mental health practice for the past 30 years, um, I saw a lot of people who really still believed that, 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 you know, that somehow this bad thing has happened to me because the gods or God is punishing me. And I must have deserved this. I must have done something to deserve this. Uh, there's actually a song in The Sound of Music, uh, an old, old film that some of you may be too young to remember. But 
the song came out. I mean, the, the movie came out, uh, what, in the maybe 60s, uh, somewhere in the or late 60s. And that was not so long ago. And in that film, there's a song that says, I must have done something good because here you are standing here loving me. And basically what that says is, I must have done, I must have earned this. Um, and, and that's magical thinking. I mean, yes, we have this thing. And yes, it's beautiful. And yes, it is this wonderful gift. And maybe we did do some things along the way to earn it, especially if it's a job, especially if we worked hard on the relationship, especially if it's um, something we've changed our mindset to gain. Yeah, we may have. But in other instances, we may not have. And we've sometimes connected dots there that don't belong together. Um, so we have some archetypal memories, and by archetype I mean uh, unconscious um, images and motifs and themes and ideas that we all hold collectively that tell us that when something bad, and I'm raising my fingers with quotation marks here, you can't see me, but um, – when something bad happens in our lives, some we must have done something to deserve it. That's magical thinking. Okay. The other thing is that the thing that we think is bad ain't necessarily so. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It may be a difficult thing. It may be a hard thing. It may be a challenge. It may be an obstacle. But that doesn't mean it's bad. And that's how we judge things. If they're hard or difficult or, or present us with a major challenge, then we tend to think it's a bad thing. And we tend to think the, the, that things that happened that we wanted to happen were good things. So, you know, I got that raise I wanted. Well, that's a good thing. I, somebody put food on my plate that I like. Well, that's good food. And, you know, and then there's that bad food that I didn't like. And, uh, if, if I got that marriage or that person that I wanted to be in relationship with, well, that's a good thing. If I had that baby, it's a good thing. And if I can't have a baby, well, that's a bad thing. Those are how we, that's how we judge life. We put all of life into one of those two categories. And so, in the same way, when we go inside of ourselves, we judge ourselves in the same exact way. So, when I'm meditating, I have a thought that says, something rises to the surface and it feels painful. And I say to myself, well, that's that's a negative feeling. That's a feeling of sorrow or sadness or anger or fear. And that's a negative feeling. I shouldn't be having that. Oh, my gosh, I've got this negative feeling in there. And so now I'm not going to be able to have my dreams. because I've got to get rid of that feeling because it might prevent me from having my dreams. That is total magical thinking. The magical thinking says that negative thought is going to somehow attract, through its very magnetism, a bad thing into my life. And I'll tell you something. Freud was one of the first people who thought that way. He thought that we could we could arrange our circumstances through our unconscious. You know, I don't know what while we are arranging through an unconscious, it's unconscious. <laughs> so I don't really know. There's the part of the mystery of life. But I do know that there are choices that we're making. And very often those are unconscious choices, especially when we allow ourselves to just slide into life and into decisions instead of really consciously trying to discern what is true and false within us. And by, by, by true and false, I mean what is really authentic within me and what is uh, a game I'm playing or a bargain I'm making or magical thinking I'm doing or, or something that doesn't really resonate with me. 
you know, uh, ways that I sacrifice myself, for example, to serve others so that they'll think I'm a good person, so that I'll think I'm a good person. That's a game I'm playing. It's magical thinking. It's not real. Um, so being able to make those discernments helps us to become more spiritual people and helps us to be able to think in more spiritual patterns. So I said uh, before the break, spiritual thinking um, is all about connection, and connection is not about trying to force the universe to play my way, but rather to accept that this is what I've got right now in this moment. Now, what can I do with that? So when I go inside, the same scenario is true. Okay, here's what's come up. What is it trying to tell me? What is this message? And I might not get the rest message right away. I might not get the message for many years. But I can sit with it, and I can love it, and I can receive it. Instead of saying, you should go away because you might attract something negative in my life. So that's where... The law of attraction, as we currently understand it, has sort of taken us away from spirituality rather than bringing us closer to it. I said in the beginning that the law of attraction, as it was initially understood, was was helpful to us in that it helped us take responsibility for our own life choices, and it and it gave us that responsibility clearly. Um, no questions raised. It was it's our responsibility, and that's a good thing. We, it is our responsibility. Uh, secondly, it helped turn us inward, and that's also a good uh, a good thing, a helpful thing for us. We need to be able to to turn inward. We have not uh, typically in our world been taught that looking inside of ourselves is not only not okay, but one of the best things we can ever do for ourselves. Um, so we've not been taught that, and the law of attraction helped us to begin to do that. But that's where it stops being effective. Because when it, when it starts connecting dots between how you think and what your external world is doing, that's magical thinking. So actually the law of attraction has, has kept us from really getting down to the deeper levels of our spiritual understanding. But I would say even that, even that's what we might call a mistake is part of the process. It's part of the process of our unfolding because here's the deal. The true law of attraction is all about this. We are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that will help us to come to know ourselves for who we actually are as divine beings. In other words, there's been many of us who, who say, well, there's a divine spark in there. But that's as far as we'll let ourselves go. Actually, we are uh, divine beings. We're, uh, we are divine that is who we are authentically, but we don't know that. And so we don't live out of that. We live out of the duality trance state in which we think of ourselves as separate from the divine. And because that is so, we do a lot of magical thinking. But spiritual thinking helps us to connect to that awareness that says, yes, indeed, I am divine. And I don't have to judge myself. And I don't have to worry about what what's going to happen in the external world because no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. All of my mistakes are things that I am attracted to and by so that I can gain further understanding of who I am as a divine being. All of the tragedies in my life are things that happened that I attracted and was attracted to because I am trying to get to know myself as a divine being. All of these things are meant to help us come closer and closer to awareness of ourselves as a divine being. They're not to be sent away and said, oh, that's bad. I shouldn't have that in my life. After all, 
I've been working my vision boards and, and thinking my positive thoughts and doing my, my affirmations. How come I've been attracted yet again to another partner who can't really love me? How come I haven't gotten that job that I wanted? How come I haven't had that baby I wanted? How come I haven't attracted the relationship that I've been dreaming of? Um, so instead of, 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 of becoming more aware of who we are as, as spiritual beings, as soul, we, uh, we hold ourselves hostage to the fact that our life has not become what we thought it should. And we're constantly beating that horse to try to get it to behave better so that we can have what we want. And that is not at all a spiritual premise. It's a magical thinking premise. It says, I should be able to have what I want, and I've just got to push the right button here to make that happen. And the button is inside me. So I've got to make sure that whenever I have that negative thought, Push that button, it'll go away. Or if I can't make it go away, maybe I'll go to a healer and the healer will make it go away. I won't even have to understand it. But here's the thing. If unconsciousness is meant to ultimately become consciousness, then we have to understand what's going on inside of us. In other words, what rises to the surface needs to be looked at, understood, and loved. It doesn't need to be sent away. And trooping around in the unconscious with our army boots over on and kicking over the gravestones we find there um, might not be quite the same as taking our shoes off in the sacred ground of the unconscious. Because here's the thing. If we don't know that we are divine beings, then, then our consciousness or awareness of ourselves as divine being, beings is also in the unconscious. And we go kicking around in there. What, do we, what, what might we be kicking out? What, is it possible we might be further kicking out our awareness of who we are as divine beings? I think so. I think that's sacred turf. And we need to be taking our shoes off and walking very quietly and respectfully as if we're walking uh, in, into a church or a mosque or a temple or, or um, walking a labyrinth um, where we're silent and we, we step into the sil- stillness. And we listen. We just step into the stillness. I went on a hike this weekend, a long hike um, uh, up in the mountains near my home and to look at all the fall leaves. And um, what I was most aware of there was the stillness, that everything seems to be coming from the stillness. It's not um, movement that seems to be creating, but stillness. And That brought me to the awareness that there's a passage in the Bible that says, cease striving to know that I am God. Now, I interpret that phrase to mean cease striving to know that I am God, that Andrea Matthews is God, that you are God, that we are all God, that everyone on planet Earth is God, that everything on planet Earth is God, and that God is God, that the divine is God, the universe is God, everything is divine. So um, that's how I interpret that, but I must cease striving to get there. And it's that same thing that I found in the woods this weekend when I went to the stillness because there in the stillness is is where I find the divine. There in the stillness is where everything else comes from. I'm going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. 
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're talking today about the difference between magical thinking and spiritual thinking. What we said in the last segment was that spiritual thinking is a way of connecting to our consciousness of ourselves as divine beings or divine self or soul or authentic self. All of those are the same terms for um, synonymous for the, for the same thing. Um, and uh, magical thinking is an attempt to control the universe, to control our worlds by connecting dots that don't, aren't connected by, um, bargaining with an if and a then. And we went over some of those bargains in the first couple of segments. Um, this law of attraction, as we've come to understand it, has it has taken on the form of magical thinking. That if we repress our negative thoughts and repress our negative emotions and think always positive thoughts and positive emotions, then we're going to have that thing that we want and need from the universe. And that's an attempt to control the world rather than an attempt to receive what is in the world without judgment and um, so uh, receiving what is in the world without judgment means that whatever comes my way I receive it as a gift that's got some treasure in it for me and whatever so-called negative emotions arise to the surface within me whether it's anger or sorrow or fear or some other quote-unquote negative emotion it's there to give me a message and I need to receive that message and use it because then I become a whole person. Then I merge with all parts of me instead of compartmentalizing other parts of me and saying to myself, well, now I'm going to have what I want or now I've become a good person because I've repressed these things that are negative within me. Um, so if, if we want to speak about spiritual thinking, what that means is as a daily routine, we surrender 
to what is. We surrender to, okay, this is my life as it is right now. I receive it. I take it in as a joyful uh, experience that I'm to have, and I can have joy even in the midst of my sorrow. That's one of those things we haven't yet come to understand, that even while we're having sorrow, we can also have peace. Even while we're having um, anger, we can also have peace and joy. You know, we can look at these things and examine them for their gift instead of uh, saying that they're bad. We shouldn't be having that. Some of the worst decisions we've made in our lives had to do with our trying hard not to not to feel some feeling we needed to feel in order to make a better decision. So um, the book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, talks a lot about how we can get into that surrendered flow um, so uh, I really would encourage you to buy the book. It is a whole new joyful and radical revision to the law of attraction as we currently understand it. It changes our definition of karma. It helps us look at all the laws of the universe. It helps us uh, to look at the sacred texts and what they mean and what they're really telling us about the law of attraction as opposed to what we've heard they're telling us. Um, it helps us to begin to think spiritually instead of magically thinking. Um so, uh, with regard to spiritual thinking, I think the, the, the biggest part of the process, I think, for most people is some form of um, cease striving, some form of sitting without strife. And one of the best ways I know of to do that is through meditation. Um, we have brought a lot of the Eastern concepts, uh, religious concepts, to the Western world, and we have rest, westernized those concepts. So we have... Uh, so when we meditate, we think it's to help us reduce stress or to help us release anger or to help us release negative thinking or to cleanse uh, our shadow material or to um, uh, um, make sure that we have uh, have put in our time for meditation so that we have accomplished that. Now we can move on into our day. Uh, these are all westernized versions of meditation. Um, as I see meditation... It is, it is a form of being with what is, what is within me and what is outside of me so that I'm not trying to change it or bargain with it or magically think about it, but just be with it. And as I surrender to that, I get into the flow of, of the energy that just that surrender can give me. I begin to accept that not only what is in the external world, but what is in my internal world. And one of the things that is in my internal world is my own essence, my own beingness, my own soul. And so when I go there and experience that, then that begins to take over more and more of my identity so that I become, the soul becomes the initiator of my activities and my thoughts instead of um, that part of me that thinks it's separate from my soul initiating all of my activities and my thoughts and my emotions. And we begin to change incrementally, little by little by little, so that we become different people than the people who believe themselves to be separate from the divine. And as we do that, we have more and more to offer to the world. We have more and more to gain from the world. We have more joy and experience more of real life. Uh, but it starts with acceptance. It doesn't start with trying to control the world. So, again, spiritual thinking is different from magical thinking in that magical thinking is an attempt to control the world through connecting dots that don't need to be connected. And um, spiritual thinking is an acceptance of what is 
And what is includes both what's external and what's internal and an acceptance of who we are at our essential core being, which is our soul, our divine being. Um, so that whole process is one of slow, steady, uh, uh, consistent sitting with ourselves. And by that, I don't mean literally sitting. I mean, we can do this walking around. We can do this talking, but it's an awareness. It's a an awareness that here we are in this moment right now as it is. I accept this moment for all that it has to give me. And I receive what's inside of me about this moment. I receive what's inside of me that's not about this moment. I'm, I'm receiving. I'm in a process of receiving because I've come to believe that everything is a gift rather than that I must control everything. So it should be something different than what it is. Um, and the law of attraction as we initially understood it was an effort to get from the external world something that would fulfill me internally. But if we recognize who we are as divine beings and our, in our essence, in our souls, then we begin to realize that everything we want to need is already in there. And that's something we experience. It's not something I can teach you. It's not something you can get by just thinking about it. It's something you have to experience for yourself. And it comes from being with yourself. It comes with sitting with that inner essence of who you are and not trying to judge it or change it or get it to do something else, but just being with it and letting it speak to you, letting it give you its gifts of, of a, a certainty, of peace, of joy, of acceptance of tragedy, of processing through the tragedy, but still somehow having peace in the midst of that. Um, the, these are the things that that spiritual thinking can give us as opposed to what um, magical thinking. Magical thinking keeps us in a place of tension where we are consistently trying to get the world to do something else or believe that the world has already connected dots that aren't really connected. Um, so uh, our process in moving from magical thinking to spiritual thinking is going to be one of acceptance. And that's why acceptance is so profound as a part of um, the recognition of the true law of attraction, which, as I said earlier, is we are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, circumstances, and situations that will lead us to greater and greater awareness of who we are as divine beings in our truest essence as souls, as authentic self. So um, having said all that, I want to uh, re-announce something I announced earlier in the show. Next week, we're going to be talking to Tom Shadiak. Now, Tom Shadiak is a writer, director, producer, one of the most prolific in Hollywood. Um, he's produced such col- um, directed such, such comedies as Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Liar, Liar, Nutty Professor, Bruce Almighty. And now he, his latest project is I Am, a documentary. And that documentary is all about... What is wrong with the world, what is right with the world, and what we can do about it. So stay tuned for that next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.